Hello and welcome to Hypermobility University Podcast. This is an educational podcast where healthcare providers and patients who deal with people with hypermobility are sharing their knowledge and experiences. My name is Sarah Feruza and I'm a physical therapist specializing in hypermobility at Perfect 10 Physical Therapy. Here we go. Um, all right, so today we have a very special guest on the podcast. We have Megan Barker, physical therapist and health coach here to talk to us. Megan, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Um, so she is located in Northern Virginia. Um, so we have a, a couple of questions uh, here that I want to ask her. She can tell us a little bit about herself and her practice. So Megan, how did you get into treating people with hypermobility? Yeah, so um, I got into physical therapy uh, through the dance world. Um, grew up dancing um, and danced through college as well. And with dance, you know, hypermobility was pretty normalized for me. Um, I was also a gymnast, so it was normalized for me uh, <laughs> in that as well. Um, but after I became a physical therapist, um, I started seeing more and more women um, that were hypermobile. They also had pain, but they also had multiple system uh, issues. Um, and all of these seeming, seemingly random symptoms um, kept getting disregarded. Um, and I felt like they were really poorly supported in the healthcare system and, and often dismissed. Um, so I felt this strong pull to kind of help them find answers as well as help them um, help make sure that they had their voices heard. Um, so this really, you know, has stuck through me, uh, stuck with me throughout my career, um, and I've continued to kind of specialize more and more uh, in this area to really support this community. Great, that's wonderful. That's a uh, pretty similar uh, kind of for me. I was a gymnast growing up as well, and mm -hmm. actually, up until last month, I was still coaching gymnastics. And uh, it's interesting to kind of see and and look at the young athletes and see who you can look at and be like, oh, you're mobility is a little too much. It's not, you know, good. And the coaches are celebrating it. You're so flexible. This is great. Um, but I'm sure for you two being on this side of it, you can see like, oh, maybe there's some, some stuff going on here. That's not, not so great. Yeah. That we can support more for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so you're a physical therapist, but also a health coach. And so which of those came first and how do you separate or combine those two different roles? Mm -hmm. So I've been a, a PT for seven years, uh, a health coach for about a year and a half. Um, so the health coaching um, was introduced to me kind of early in the pandemic. Um, and I realized that it matched really well with how I was already treating as a PT. Um, so I got more training and got my certification as a health coach. And um, I would say I definitely uh, combine them many, in many ways. but. I see my you know, PT clients uh, locally. I see my coaching clients for the most part virtually and be able to see them you know, across the country and, and worldwide. But like I said, you know, both roles really inform each other. Um, I'm always bringing coaching elements kind of into um, my physical therapy practice um, to understand how to make more kind of lasting change uh, for my clients. And then I'm bringing that exercise and movement background into my coaching role to help clients make decisions about including um, movement uh, in their day in a, in a really safe way. 
Um, and I really enjoy both roles. Uh, and it's been great to add coaching as a way to support um, both my PT clients, but also uh, people outside of my uh, community um, and really have this holistic approach. Mm, that's great. What did the uh, health coaching certification look like? Yeah, so um, I went through um, a group that it's, it was started by a physical therapist, so she kind of had a similar um, background, but it's, it's really about learning uh, how to effectively, um, you know, have sustainable uh, behavior change. Um, so understanding how to ask really powerful questions, to dig into the motivators and barriers, um, for someone to, to make a lasting change. And, and that that's true for coaching overall, but health coaching, obviously it's going to be more specific to those, those health, uh, foundational roles. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And it's definitely something that I think PT and PT education touches on, but doesn't really dive into in mm -hmm. a way that's, uh, usable. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think you know, something I found, I'm not sure if you, you found the same thing, but as I work more and more with clients with hypermobility or Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, these, you know, lifelong conditions, those health changes become more important, but also more difficult um, mm -hmm. compared to somebody who maybe sprained an ankle or has a rotator cuff strain. And they have to make these changes for two weeks or two months uh, is a little bit easier versus a true lifestyle change. Do you find the same thing? Yeah, I do. It's, uh, you know, they usually have so many things going on that they can feel really overwhelmed. And yeah, you know, it's, it's important to look at the whole person and yeah, how can we make these gradual changes to support them? Like you said, lifelong. Exactly. Exactly. So working with patients with hypermobility or, or, uh, coaching clients, either one, what are some common misconceptions uh, that you hear, whether about their diagnosis, about movement, about their health in general, um, mm -hmm. that you feel that you would like to kind of dispel? Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, but I'll, I'll take a few to, <laughs> to address today. So um, I feel like uh, an easy one to bring up is, you know, if you're hypermobile, you have to be flexible. Well, that's commonly not true. Um, you know, when you have those hypermobile joints, your nervous system really wants to protect you. Um, and that protection can look like kind of shortening those muscles around the joint to prevent uh, excessive movement and hopefully prevent uh, injury. So you may actually feel a lot of tightness, even though you have the, the laxity in that joint. So mm -hmm. that confusion comes up um, quite often. Um, another one, uh, which is kind of in a different vein, um, is that they feel like they're not doing enough. I, I constantly hear like, oh, I, I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. Um, and I think there's this common pattern that like everything needs to be addressed at the same time all at once. That's just really overwhelming. That's unsustainable. You know, we, we just don't, we don't work like that. Um, so most of the clients that I work with, you know, they tend to be busy people. They've got a lot on their plate and they're already doing a lot for, for themselves. 
Um, so I want to remind them of that, that you're already doing a lot um, and that they're not lazy. <laughs> they often need a reminder you were not lazy. Um, you have a lot going on um, and that you're already doing, you know, all these different things for yourself. Um, so usually it means maybe we need to tweak a few things during your day. Maybe we actually need to take a few things off your plate. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to just like very gradually kind of build up things um, so that you're reaching your goals. Um, but usually the answer is not that they're not doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then another one that I wanted to bring up was, and we just kind of talked about a similar topic with the last question, but that this misconception that working on those foundational areas of health isn't really going to make a difference for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, those foundational areas we're thinking about like sleep, stress management, hydration, movement, nutrition, play, all these kinds of things. Um, and these are really important to address along with their medical management. Um, like for example, if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to function very well during the day. You're not going to be able to progress your exercises effectively. For example, you know, it has a downstream effect to basically <laughs> everything. Um, if you're not consistently hydrating well, you know, that's going to affect your digestion and, and your focus and your endurance and so many other areas. So, um, those are all misconceptions that I, I often bring up with my clients, um, to help them understand how, how these changes can help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I often think of it almost as like a pyramid and at the base of the pyramid is all those things that you talked about, the hydration, the sleep, just, just some general movement and, and eating nutritious food. And mm -hmm. that can take care of a lot of things and make really big changes. And then we can kind of get down to what specific one exercise do you need for your shoulder pain? Mm -hmm. But if we don't have that basis taken care of, that exercise is not going to really make a significant change. Yeah. Or like you said, you're going to have to do a thousand different things to, to mm -hmm. try to put them together yeah. um, to make one change. Definitely. Yeah. So in your practice and, and related to, again, physical therapy or coaching, is mm -hmm. there a specific type of patient uh, that's your favorite to work with? And this can come down to diagnosis or personal characteristics or anything. Yeah. Um, so I'd say all of my clients right now either have hypermobility, connective tissue disorders, or, or they're a dancer. Uh, that's kind of my, <laughs> my niche there. Um, and it's just a really interesting, kind of challenging mix. Um, but I would say my favorite client is someone that's, you know, really motivated and, and ready to make a change, but they really need to understand kind of what tools they already have, what tools, you know, they can gain more knowledge around, uh, and they just need some more support. Um, you know, it's, it's really exciting to watch someone, um, you've introduced a concept or given them a little bit more education and they, you watch them run with it, you know, they, they're, they're really ready um, to take those next steps. They just need, what I usually found is they, they just need some support. Those mm -hmm. are really fun people to work with. Mm -hmm. Great. So uh, on the physical therapy side of things, I'm obviously more familiar with uh, like creating a plan of care and how that looks in terms of frequency and things like that. 
Mm -hmm. Tell me on the coaching side, is it similar? um, And is it very patient specific? Or do you, for example, always, uh, you know, have coaching calls with somebody once a month? Or how does that work? Yeah, so um, my coaching program is a 12 session uh, program. Uh, We can always uh, extend that longer um, if they still need support after that. But I really want to start in that framework meeting weekly um, for calls to dig into what are the main areas that we want to address and how can you make that very gradual, sustainable change over time. Um, And, you know, it can be challenging. I'm sure you see it in physical therapy as well, you know, that these conditions can kind of be all over the place, that there's big ups and downs um, consistently. So I want to meet with people um, consistently to help support them over that time. And, and that progress is going to be, you know, (laughs) up and down and round and round. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, and you know, in those coaching calls, um, it's very individualized to what they want to be working on, but I'm always including those foundational areas of health to, to address. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Definitely something I see in physical therapy. And I'll laugh sometimes, you know, if I'm going over a plan of care with a patient or how, how many visits I expect. And they say, well, what happens if I have a flare? And I say, you know, I've already built in space and time (laughs) or one or two flares. Now, if something really crazy goes on, then we'll have to work around that. But knowing these conditions that, um, you know, those things are going to happen and and working around them. Sometimes I think it can be a little bit difficult to decide when somebody does have a player, how much off of our plan do we go to mm-hmm. back up uh, around this and, and how much do we kind of push through it a little bit, mm-hmm. obviously depending on the person and, and what's going on. Yeah, great point. Uh, so kind of, kind of on that same wavelength, what do you think is the most powerful tool that you have to help somebody along with their health journey? And this can be a physical tool or a concept or a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's it's truly listening to clients. Um, it's not very common in the medical field these days to, to really spend time and truly listen to someone. Um, so, you know, I know it's it's really important for those people to be able to tell their story and for you to listen and pick up on those areas that um, that they need support and that they need uh, tools for. Um, so I, I'd say that's, that's kind of my foundational, uh, powerful skill. And then another one, um, is kind of working on the coaching more, um, is showing people their blind spots in, in a very kind way. Um, but, you know, similarly kind of listening, but also asking, um, more questions, you know, the client can realize on their own through that questioning, you know, maybe a barrier that they weren't, um, they weren't seeing that that needs to be addressed in order for them to move forward. Definitely. I remember hearing, I don't remember where I heard it, uh, but from somebody throughout my physical therapy education or, or in my career saying, if you listen close enough to a patient, they'll tell you what's wrong with them and also how to fix them. And yeah. I think that's true. And the more I've had a chance uh, in my own practice to really work one-on-one with patients and really have that time and energy to, to hear their stories. It really is true. Yeah, really um, true. 
And, and sometimes I think patients get worried about the language that they use to describe what they're feeling, or they say like, uh, I know this word doesn't really, it's not really a scientific word, but it's fine to me. I prefer to hear it in their own language than, than trying to put it into my language that, that yes. kind of creates hurdles more so than anything. Yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, so a lot of the people that I've been that I've been seeing with hypermobility or Ehlers-Danlos syndrome have been told by doctors not to exercise, or they can only uh, do exercise in the pool or or something like that. Really limiting, um, and it makes them really scared to exercise and scared to move their bodies. Is this something you see as well? And how do you help people through this fear? Yeah, I think I've I've definitely seen that happen. Um... I think it can be an issue of once again, kind of generalizing things to, you know, the whole group rather than having an individualized approach. You know, there's, there's definitely going to be some people in this community that they shouldn't be exercising at that time um, for a variety of reasons, uh, but that should not be generalized to, to everyone. Uh, like you said, you know, it can build a lot of, a lot of fear there. Um, you know, I often get, uh, asked what the best exercise for hypermobility is. And it's like, (laughs) there isn't one, you know, once again, that's, that's very individualized to what you currently need. Um, and also what you like to do. I think that's, that's a big part of it as well. Um, so addressing, um, that experience of being told not to exercise or to only do a specific exercise. The first thing I want to do is just really work on decreasing that fear um, because, uh, that can, that can really affect both how they interact with movement, but also how they interact and, and move during the day. Um, because, you know, movement, uh, and exercise is not that different from how you kind of get around during the day as well. Um, so, you know, I educate those clients on how exercise can be helpful by supporting their joints, by improving pain, assisting with stress management, preventing falls, you know, so there's obviously so many areas that, uh, it can be helpful for, um, and then really finding some, some type of movement that the client feels comfortable with after they've received that, um, information um, and build their confidence over time. So like you were saying earlier, you know, if we can find one exercise to get started on that you feel good about, perfect. That's, that's a starting point. We can build Mm -hmm. off of that. Um, so starting really slow, making sure that they're comfortable, um, and understanding why they're doing it. Um, never just want to kind of lay, lay it out there of you should be doing you know, these three exercises without understanding what is it actually going to do for you? Um, Because I really want them to buy into the overall plan and make sure that it's, it's very individualized to where they are right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's, that's really helpful. And it's so important. I think just meeting, meeting patients where they're at in terms Mm -hmm. of what they can uh, physically and mentally uh, feel comfortable with, and then Mm -hmm. trying to just expand on that. Um, yeah, that you bring up a great point. Like, yeah, that what can they mentally handle right now? Even if physically they could do more activity, like their muscles can handle it. Mm-hmm. If they're like, I mentally only have the capacity to do <laughs> two exercises this week. Like, perfect. Okay, that's what we want to do. Let's do it. Um, yeah, 
and you know maybe in a few weeks you'll be in a space that you can take on more mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's a great point that you need to meet people where they are yeah and it's interesting to see the variability uh some of my patients that i have i know and we've kind of established that if i can get them to do you know two or three different exercises throughout the week that's great and i have other other clients who are like what else can i do can you mm-hmm. do I like to have some variability and switch on and off, you know, and, and we have a list of 12 or 15 different things yep. um, that they can do and maybe have varying day A and day B and, and all of that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, but I think, you know, as providers, us having the flexibility to, to work with different people and their needs really helps. Definitely. Um, so something a little bit on that topic, but a little bit off topic, mm-hmm. a lot of the patients uh, that I've been seeing here, they can have some trouble when they're going to seek medical care, because these conditions involve not only multiple joints, but like you said, multiple systems and even multiple different conditions that kind of layer on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes healthcare providers uh, don't have the time or because of insurance regulations or, or something can't really handle all of this. Have you been able to create somewhat of a network or find providers in your area um, outside of physical therapy and health coaching that, that have been helpful for your patients? Yes, that's definitely one of my goals. Um, and it's easier with my my local clients to help uh, have that network. You know, a lot of my coaching clients are are all over the place. So it's harder to know about providers necessarily in their their area. Um, but I'm finding that you know there's there's more and more communities on social media and generally um, on the internet that are are sharing about kind of the medical community and who they really like working with. So um, helpful to have have that support there as well. Um, And always talking to my clients about, you know, obviously it would be ideal if you could find someone that you really connect with, you really um, trust, and they're an expert in this like (laughs) area that you really need um, the support with. That can't always be possible in your local area, unfortunately, but um, how can this person help you? I'm more inclined to have you find someone that you really trust, even if they're not like the top of, you know, the expert level in that specific area, but are they willing to help you and you really trust them? Um, And I also like to work on with my clients, you know, just going in with the information uh, that they want to share um, in as concise a way as possible so that it feels like a really positive and, um, helpful appointment. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then another question kind of on a, on a similar wavelength here, and I'd like you to answer this both from the physical therapy perspective and health coaching, although we talked about how much they integrate. Um, if somebody has hypermobility or, or any connective tissue disorder, Mm-hmm. what is a good sign or how should they know if they should work with a physical therapist and also how should they know if they should work with a health coach or if they can benefit from that? Perfect. Yeah. So, um, I think working with a physical therapist, um, it could be for many reasons. Definitely. If you have pain, um, and that's limiting you from any type of interaction during your day, um, you know, get an evaluation and see if it's a, it's something that can be supported um, with uh, working with that physical therapist. But also, you know, if you're having issues with balance, you're having any falls, um, 
you know, getting that investigated. Um, in most places now you can see um, a physical therapist as uh, uh, directly as a primary care um, provider. So uh, they can investigate it a bit and also refer you out for further investigation um, if necessary. Um, but also it can be really helpful just if you're unsure of how to say get back to an activity that you haven't done for a while and, and you're kind of concerned about it, even if you don't have pain or, or um, other concerns around it, but like how can you safely return to that, a physical therapist can be, be really helpful with that. Um, as far as the health coaching, um, I think it can be a really helpful road if you are feeling overwhelmed with where to start as far as, you know, you want to move forward towards a goal of, you know, some of my clients are like going to grad school, like how, how can I get myself in the best place in order to start school in the best way, or they have not exercised in a while, you know, there's no major concerns what they need to um, have, you know, they know what they need to do, but like, how can they actually implement it? You know, how can I stick to a plan? That's a great reason to, to work, work with a health coach to understand what, what are my barriers? You know, how can I keep myself motivated and move forward there? Um, yeah, there's, there's basically so many reasons to, to get support there. And my, uh, you know, inclination is it's always great to reach out and see like, this is what I'm interested in. Is this something that you could support me in? Always better to ask and, and see if it's the right, uh, you know, outlet for that. Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, a lot of people can benefit, especially when, when we're talking about back to those basics, like you talked about with hydration and sleep and stress, mm -hmm. stress management and nutrition. I think regardless of condition, there's very few people who have all of that mm -hmm. under control. Um, you exactly. know, even myself as somebody who's educated on it, I still struggle to kind of find that and completely. And so I think, uh, you know, a lot of people can use just some support or like you said, even just to kind of, uh, can we check in and see where I'm at with these things and is there yeah. anything that I need support with? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we're never going to have all of them always looking <laughs> ideal. Right. So I would say all of us could probably use, you know, support in that area and to understand, you know, how to make those things more consistent. And a lot of what I work on is, is developing routines so that it becomes easier and just becomes part of your day. But mm -hmm. even when you develop routines, you know, after a period of time, you might fall off of it. And like, so you might need support getting back into that routine. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, all right, Megan, thank you so much for all this information. So if people are either uh, in the Virginia area and interested in working with you uh, for physical therapy or anywhere in the world and interested in working with you as a health coach, where can they find out more about your programs or contact you to request to work with you? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at hypermobility health coach. Um, I've got, you know, lots of content there and you can also feel free to direct message me on there. Um, my website is www.rhythmhealthllc.com. And, um, through there you can sign up for a free intro call, uh, that we can get to know each other a little bit and see if, uh, we are a great fit to work together. Um, and you can also find my email uh, on that website. So feel free to reach out. Great. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much.